Welcome to Round Rock Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening. If you're in the Austin area, we'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 10 a.m. Or you can check us out and watch online at roundrockchurch.us. May God bless you as you seek Him, and may He use this message to give you exactly what you need. Pray together. Uh, so Lord, as we open your word this morning, may you open our hearts by the power of your Holy Spirit. May you illuminate our minds and help us to hear and receive every promise that you have laid before us this morning. We pray in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. NFC Church. How about now? Oh, Jerry Ray coming in, coming in. Uh, (laughs) Let's try again. Uh, There are moments in life that make us in a matter of minutes. One of the ones that I experienced was my first day in college. We were having a discussion where we were going around and sharing how we had arrived at the place that we were. And a lot of the stories were great, but there was one story that just took the cake, and it was Kelsey's story. Kelsey, when it got around to her, shared how she felt that God had spoken to her about the option of being able to go to this college. And then she recounted all of the ways that God made this possible, even though the cards were stacked against her. And I remember in that discussion, I was absolutely enamored. It was like sitting in front of someone talking about something that I had never thought of before. I grew up very, um, I grew up in an area close by here where the tradition of talking about God was very much God talk about us talking to God, but never about God talking back to us. And I remember just being floored by her conversation, wondering what that was like. But then what the moment that made me was the professor's response right after she shared how she felt God had spoken to her. His words started something like this. Let's discuss for a moment how problematic 
a claim such as the one she just made is. Then the bullet points began to fly. Bullet points like, you know, sometimes when we really want our hopes or our desires, sometimes we actually assign God's words with them. Then came the bullet points of, it's dangerous to make such a claim when you cannot show evidence or proof that God actually said something like that to you. And then there was comments of, imagine how hurtful it is for people who feel like they have never heard from God before. And then lastly, to top it off, just one more note was just the note of, there have been people in history who have heard from God, who have dedicated years of their life in silence and prayer from hearing God. And I'm not sure someone who's only been on the planet for 18 to 19 years can hear God. In a moment, I found myself in that classroom being formed about what my view and image of who God is looks like. I remember being deflated in that moment, but I remember saying to myself, I said, never, ever will I be one of those people. One of those people who makes an embarrassing and ignorant claim that God was speaking. At that moment, God became silent in my life and would remain silent for several years after that because I did not want to experience what could happen if I was wrong. So I closed myself off to the possibility of God. Uh, over the past couple of weeks, we have been in a series talking about the possible ways to draw near to God. It's been our series of prayer and fasting. And just to give you a roadmap of where we've been and where we're going, this is a five-part series over the month of October. Uh, two weeks ago, I talked about how in prayer, part of prayer is being still. It's being still before the transformative presence of God. And then the next week after that, we talked about what's it look like to talk to God. And that sermon, we talked about how talking to God because of the work of the Holy Spirit is lifting up your heart and mind to God. In the next week's, uh, sorry, next week, I'm going to talk about fasting for a little bit. And then after that, I'm going to talk about how fasting sets us up for receiving. And in each of these weeks, we're talking about how do we draw near to God in very practical ways for our lives. That these are not just things that really holy people do. But anybody who wants to come close to the living God or wants to know the living God more can do it. As Jody mentioned earlier, there's going to be a workshop at the end of this. So if you miss one part of the series or if you're like, that was really good, but I need some more conversation about how to apply this in my life. We're going to host a workshop. It's going to be on Wednesday night. It's just an hour and a half for you to be able to walk away and apply this series. The other thing that I'd like to just note that we've been saying within the series is each week we're providing a phone screen. And this is a way for you to be able to practice 
one of the ways that we talk about drawing near to God each week. And there's a new one that's up online. You can always go to our website and you can also download it off of social media. But I want to come back to what this week is about. If we're talking about communion with God, it only makes sense that we talk about silence and that we talk about us talking to God. But then this week, we also need to talk about hearing from God. And in regards to all five aspects of this series, God talking is rarely brought up and talked about. And in, for some ways, very good reasons, right? Any one of us who hear about God talking get a little nervous about it. Many of us get nervous because people who claim to hear from God come up with some pretty crazy things sometimes. Like you're just existing in the world and you hear someone and you're like, your political party told you what? Your alphabet soup told you what? Like talking about God makes some of us nervous. For others of us, it makes us nervous because we've seen people abuse or misuse God to manipulate or find an emotional high when God talks. But maybe one of the reasons that we don't talk about God talking very much at our honest core is because when we hear stories like the one I just shared, many of us cannot fathom an experience, cannot bring ourselves to relating to experience where the voice of God enters into our lives. And the word of the Lord is rare. And it feels like for some of us, maybe even non-existent. And when we hear stories of people saying that they have heard from God deep in our souls somewhere, we ask ourselves, is God talking? And if God is talking, is it only in these overwhelming, powerful ways? Or is there another way? And if there is another way, what are the ways that we listen to this? In the story that we're going to read this morning that you heard just an excerpt from Tanya, I'd like to encourage you, you can turn to it. Uh, it's in 1 Samuel. And this story in 1 Samuel chapter 3 actually begins with the words that the Lord, or the word of the Lord was rare. It's going to start in uh, chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, if you're new to faith or you're new to exploring the Bible, uh, I'm going to read some portions of it today. I'm also going to put some words on the screen. Uh, if you do have a Bible, you can follow along with me. I want you to hear the first six verses of this story of God speaking to a boy named Samuel. In verse 1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many vision. But one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not gone out yet. And Samuel was lying down in his house of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called to Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And then he ran to Eli, and he said, Here I am. You called me. But Eli said, boy, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he laid down. 
Again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up. He went to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. He said, my son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Eli knows the pains of every parent who's parenting young kids over and over again. I want to just propose three factors for you to consider when it comes to listening for the voice of God. And I want to show you in this story three ways to consider listening for the voice of God, just like Samuel listens. The three would be this. When it comes to the voice of God, it involves perceiving, it involves convening, and it involves receiving. We must perceive the voice of God, we must convene over the voice of God, and we must receive the voice of God. Now, here's the first one. Perceive. You find Samuel, this young boy, perceiving the voice of the Lord in his life. Now, one of the most comforting things in solidarity with us is when God is talking, Samuel does not know that God is talking. You actually find Samuel doesn't know God is talking. Eli doesn't know that God is talking. And when it comes to perceiving the voice of God, one thing to be mindful of is that it takes time. It also involves mistakes. Samuel multiple times mistakes thinking that God's voice is actually someone else's voice in his lives. You know, one of the cautions of talking about God talking is we want to be very careful that we're not just assigning feelings or just thoughts to God. That sometimes people want to manipulate or abuse or misuse what their desires may be with God's voice. You know, C.S. Lewis, who was a very faithful Christian, he wrote the Chronicles of Narnia. He used to use this phrase over and over again. He used to say, the abuse of something does not negate the original use of something. In other words, just because people say wrong things about God talking does not make God talking wrong. As a matter of fact, the Bible paints a very different picture of God when it comes to talking. Maybe think of it this way. Uh, my grandfather was uh, he was an elder in the small church of Christ that I grew up in. And uh, he used to have this phrase that I just loved. Uh, as, a, as a leader in a congregation, every once in a while, you get an earful. Uh, and every once in a while, he would go and he would go to church and he would have someone that would just talk his ear off right after. And when he would leave, we would, <laughs> we would always ask him, you know, how was brother so-and-so? Or how was sister so-and-so? And he would always say the phrase, oh, I just gave sister so-and-so a good listening to. The God of the Bible is a God who all of creation gives a good listening to. I want you to think about it this way. In the very beginning of God's story, when God is creating, think how glorious this is. This God, this creator God, could literally think something into existence. He could literally snap something into existence. But this God actually speaks things into existence. 
when humanity literally forgets the words of God in the very beginning. One of the things that God does in Genesis 3 is He wants to talk it out. He wants to keep talking. Every time God is moving God's people towards the plan of salvation, every single time God's people get off track, it involves God talking. The Bible over and over again shows a God who is speaking. And even though it is not uncommon for God to be talking, it is very common for humanity to either not be listening or to be zoning out and not hearing what God could be saying. Every time with God. The Bible begins and the Bible ends with God speaking. He speaks in creation and he speaks at the end in revelation. It's almost as if this God desires not a monologue, but a dialogue. And when you find that God is speaking, usually it takes time for people to pick up that God is speaking. There's even a place, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament. In John, John chapter 12, there's this moment where the Father actually speaks over Jesus. And John literally writes in the text, God speaks over Jesus. And some of the people go, huh, it must be thundering outside. Like people constantly are missing that God is speaking. If we're going to perceive the voice of God, we first have to be on the lookout of the voice of God. And the good news of this story is the good news you see with God and Samuel. The good news is that this God, when speaking, speaks several times and in several ways. It's one of the ways that God's grace is over us. Maybe think of it uh, this way. Uh, I was uh, having a conversation with uh, one of my family members a couple of years ago, and uh, they said this phrase. I don't know why they thought this phrase to me would be comforting, but they did. Uh, they said, you know, you did pretty good for a warrior. And I said, what do you mean by a word? And they said, well, you know, growing up, you, you were a very, like, anxious child. And I said, no, I, I, di I didn't perceive myself to be an anxious child whatsoever. And I, I went back to my mom and I said, you know, so-and-so said that I was a really anxious child. And she's like, oh, yeah, you were. You really were. And I was like, well, what makes you think that I was an anxious child? She goes, saying, let me put it to you this way. You were so afraid of the school bus that your teacher at least once a week would call and she would say, Renee, Zane's getting anxious again because it's almost time to get on the bus. And I was like, you never told me about that. And she was like, because you just needed to get on the bus. I was like, well, how come you never, like you never like picked me up? Like you never talked me through that. She was like, ah, the stress was good for you. Which I don't know how that comment helped either. <laughs> but she said what did you learn from that I was like well one you were never going to pick me up and I was like two I was anxious about that bus because if I missed it I felt like I was never getting home and she was like well what did you learn well I did learn this just because you missed one bus does not mean you will always miss the bus just because you missed one doesn't mean that is the last one the grace of God is this over your life that God talking if you miss God, it is not a one and done. When it comes to God talking, there's not one bus that you either hop on and you get it 
or you get left behind. This God is gracious. He speaks over and over again, and He speaks in different ways. This God is excessive in how this God talks. All the way leading up in this story, God has spoken in several ways leading up to 1 Samuel. You find that God is speaking audibly. You find God speaking in creation. He literally comes to Abram and he says, look at the stars that are out there. He speaks through creation. He speaks through different people. And usually people you wouldn't expect. Usually people who weren't religious or weren't educated. He speaks through written word. He spoke through the commandments. He spoke through experience. And when he comes to Samuel, he actually speaks to Samuel in his sleep. This God sends plenty of buses. And we are not alone in looking and hearing for the voice of God. The first thing we do is we perceive that God is talking. The second is this. We convene over the voice of God. Turn with me here into verse 7. After he has come several times, Samuel's come several times. In verse 7, it says this. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. But a third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and he said, Here I am, you called for me. And then Eli realized that it was the Lord that was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he laid down in his place. And just to note, the Lord comes to Samuel a fourth time for this to happen. It is over and over and over again. If we are going to perceive a word from God, God speaking to us, it also requires us to convene with other people. When Samuel hears something, his next step is to go to someone else with what he has heard. When perceiving the voice of God, we must convene with others. Hearing from God is not a single player game. And I would actually recommend if anyone is coming and is saying that they are just hearing from God and they do not need anyone else in discerning that, I would tell anyone to be cautious. We convene and discern together. And there's two ways that this happens. There's two ways that it happens in this story in 1 Samuel. The first is this. Samuel goes to a well-seasoned believer of the Lord and shares what he's heard. Okay, This is the one of the most beautiful parts of the text. That you've got this younger believer and this older believer convening together about the voice of God. There is something beautiful in different generations coming together and hearing the word of the Lord together. Samuel does not come to Eli, his older mentor, and thinks that he is all that in a bag of chips because he has heard from God. He doesn't even know he's heard from God. And Eli, when he hears from someone who is younger, who has said they have heard something from the Lord, does not dismiss him and does not reject what he says, but he says, listen closer. The second thing that Samuel does is actually where Samuel is when he hears from God. Did you notice this detail over in verse 3? This is where Samuel was when he heard the voice of the Lord. The lamp of God 
had not gone out yet, which was a way of saying it was extremely dark out still. And Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. In other words, Samuel hears God's voice while he is near the very item of God's story. The ark would have been like God's history box. It would have been the testimony of how God has been working all the way up to this point. And for people who are listening for God or want to listen to God, one of the ways we convene is we not only convene with those who are with us right now, but we convene with the words of Scripture of those who have come before us that have witnessed God at work. If God is the same yesterday and today and tomorrow, that means any word that's brought to us is not one that contradicts God's word. I remember one of the mentors that discipled me would constantly say to me, if your Bible is not open, your ears are most likely not open as well. It's difficult to discern what God is saying if we do not know what God has said. And we dwell in Scripture. We test things in Scripture. And when we think to ourselves, is this actually from God or could I just be making this up? One of the ways we do this is we convene with other believers and with the words of Scripture together. This, this word is brought to it. It is inspired by the Spirit. And every time we read it with the Spirit with us, it inspires us today as well. So we trust it. The third thing we do is we receive the word of the Lord. Here's the very ending of the story in Samuel. Starting in verse 11. So the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears tingle. Which that sounds like a great promise. I'm all on board. But then verse 12. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I've spoke against his family from the beginning until the end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel laid down until morning. You bet he laid down until morning. He's like, that was not the word I was expecting. And then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli his vision. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it he said to you? And Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you. Be it ever so severely if you hide anything that he told you from me. So Samuel told him everything hiding nothing from him. And then Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. If we are going to be open to receiving the words of God, we have to be ready to actually receive what God is going to hand us. <laughs> like one of the reasons God speaks is saying the things that we do or cannot say to ourselves. It's helpful to know in this story that Eli, for a long time, his sons had been working against love. They've been working against the ways of God's path. And God says, I'm going to do a new thing. 
I'm going to go a new way because you have not honored and not loved me in the way that I have called you to. It's a hard word for them to hear. And God's activity in speaking is in reaction to Eli's inactivity. That God comes to Eli and says, we have got to move. And here is how I'm going to move next. Are we open to the ways that God could guide us next? One of my favorite uh, authors talks about right now, one of the things that's really popular is what he calls hyena Christianity. And what he means by that, if you've uh, ever seen the legendary movie uh, Lion King, uh, there are these three hyenas that are in it. Stay with me, okay? I know this is a stretch. Uh, do we know the three names of the hyenas? No. Okay. Well, I'm going to withhold them from you. You can research that later. Um, there are three hyenas, and they have this joke that every single... Yeah, now some of you are whispering. You're like, don't challenge my knowledge. Okay, I know. I know. There's these three hyenas, and there's this scene in the movie where every single time they get really tickled every time someone says, Mufasa. Okay? And like every time, they, when they hear Mufasa, they're like, say it again. Mufasa. And they're like, woo! That just gives me chills like every single time. He goes, there is a movement of Christianity that is hyena Christianity. One where we want God to speak to us because we want the goosebumps and we want the chills. We like it because it tickles our ears. And one of the things we have to be very cautious of is when we open ourselves up to the word of God, it is not to just meet our senses. When we open ourselves up to God, we are opening ourselves up to being sent by God. God's word in our life is convicting. God's word in our life is for the purpose of moving us out of our inactivity. We don't listen to God for the goosebumps or the chills. We listen to God to receive what we need to move forward and to carry his purposes. So you may be saying, all right, so get to the bomb point. What do you think God could say to me in my life? Well, God could say a number of things to you in your life. Sometimes God speaks about God's nature to us. Sometimes God speaks to us in providing us insights about us or about God. Sometimes God speaks to addressing what's happening in us or around other people. Sometimes God is speaking about our identity or sometimes, you know, God is leading us towards other people and their identity. And I just want to give you a New Testament example. In 2 Timothy 2, verse 7, literally, Paul writes this to a young believer in verse 7. He actually says, reflect on what I'm saying. For the Lord will give you insight into all of this. When Christians were navigating, they actually depended on God to provide insight in helping them move forward. Receiving the word of the Lord helps us move forward in loving others and also knowing God's love for us. Receiving takes preparation. Like the imagery is just so helpful here, right? Like Samuel has to open the doors and be willing to share a word. Eli has to be able to open his heart and say, what has the Lord put on your heart? Samuel, who is new to this and Eli, who is well seasoned in this, 
Both of them have to open themselves up to God again. What could be same for them could be same for us. Whether you are new to life with God or you are well seasoned into life with God. We have to be open to God speaking to us. The good news which Hebrews 1 tells us is that back in those days, God spoke through the prophets. And now God has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. And every time when, when we open the words of Jesus, one of the words Jesus told to us is he said, the spirit of God is going to come. One better than I. What a bold claim. One better than I. He says, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to teach you and I'm going to lead you. And we open ourselves up to this God who is still teaching us, directing us, and guiding us. And I want to just say a pastoral word. Because there's a lot of ways as a preacher that I can say something that can be hurtful or hard in a message like this. I feel like I'm dodging potholes the entire time I talk about this. For those of us who we feel like God has never spoken to us, or those of us who want God, to speak to us, and we feel like God has never spoken to us, I just want to remind us, you are created in His image. You are created relationally. Which means that life with God is not just a cultivation of beliefs, but it's a cultivation of relationships. Just like any other relationship in your life, as you get to know someone, you talk to that person differently. The same can be said for God. And many times we stick comfortably with the ways we are comfortable with God talking to us. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if we want to see different sides of God, we have to be willing to be open to different ways that God may be working in our life. The book of Revelation literally finishes with this imagery. It is door imagery. In Revelation 3.20, Jesus actually says, listen, I am standing at the door and I am knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come to you and I will eat with you. Many times when we talk about that passage, we think that is with new people to faith or people who do not believe in Jesus. The only problem with the ring of that is that part in Revelation is written to churches. It's written to believers. It's literally embodying of saying, that Jesus is available to us. And that he's talking to us. And if we listen closely for his voice, and maybe not in the ways that we think it or made the ways that are dramatic, but if we listen and we trust, we may just hear God in a new way that we've never heard. He's knocking. He's talking. The question is, we listen. I want to end as we've ended every way. I want to give us a moment to actually uh, pray to God. And uh, what I'm going to do is is I'm going to open us uh, in prayer for a moment. And uh, I just want to encourage you to sit in silence. I want you to just ask the Lord the same phrase that Samuel asked the Lord. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. And see if that prayer opens up something this week as you carry through life. I want to go ahead and uh, just invite uh, if the prayer deacons are willing to come up. 
Uh, they're going to pray with us today over us as a congregation as we go. Right, y'all, you guys can go ahead and come up. And uh, we're going to sing a song in a moment. Uh, but I'm just going to give us some time of silence. And then we're going to sing this song together and pray as a group. Uh, you know, if y'all are comfortable, uh, I'm just going to get on my knees uh, to pray. And y'all join me with that. You can go ahead and just get comfortable. You can close your eyes. Maybe get on your knees if you're comfortable. Take a moment to be still with it. Just don't listen to God in between. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look for his wonderful And the things of earth will change indeed in the light of His glory and Sing these words with This is our prayer this week. We pray 
be open to hearing your words, your words of encouragement, your words of conviction, your words in our life. Jesus, we turn to you and we're listening to you. Holy Spirit, may you bring Christ to you.